future. It's here. You now have the power to unlock the secrets of the hobby. An innovation that will change the way the industry works. The game changer is here. Card Ladder. Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles, and today I'm joined by Jack, aka SunsFan8, on Instagram. How's it going, man? Good. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Hey, so why don't you just start us off and tell us about yourself and your and the back and your background in the hobby? All right. Uh, I'm trying to think. When did I start? I started about 2008, 2009. I my username is SunsFan8 because I started with basketball. I was a huge Suns. I still am, even if the franchise is slowly killing me because we don't pay anyone. <laughs> but I started as a Suns collector. Started with basketball. I, I remember um, breaking those old upper deck blasters back in the day, the 0809, just getting hyped over like Chris Paul jersey cars. That was the greatest thing ever for me. And then when I started, I started falling in love with football more. So I slowly moved to uh, football cards, things like that. Plus the market was just so much cheaper, especially as a kid. Like I'm not going to go out and be buying like thousand dollar cards on the regular as a child at the time. So I just slowly moved into football and started collecting Arizona Cardinals. And I feel like I've grown to one of the best Arizona Cardinal collectors and team collectors there is mostly because not a lot of cardinal collectors out there but i'm happy to i'm happy to do it and so, yeah that's where i'm at so what uh, what players are you collecting on the cardinals uh larry fitzgerald of course greatest of all time uh andy isabella is my focus this year i really like him he's a good guy uh met him in a dave and busters one time that was a <laughs> that was a really weird experience seeing the guy you collect in an arcade but it was a lot of fun doing that um let me think who else. My first one was Jermaine Gresham, and he came to the Cardinals, which was the weirdest thing in my life. Just someone texts me like, hey, did you hear the Gresham news? I'm like, what? <laughs> and the player I collected before he, in 2010, before he even came to the Cardinals, came, was a Cardinal. And that was the weirdest feeling in the world for me, but that was so much fun. Um, mostly just whatever Cardinals floats my boat at the time. I don't really focus too much. It's solely just I see something uh plan like financially to try to get it and then hopefully get it for the collection but so, Fitz Isabella right now I'm slowly converting to Murray I know I'm I'm not big time enough for like the huge Murray market yet but yeah so would you consider yourself a super collector oh absolutely I really hope no one is as insane as me to collect cardinals to this extent what what's a what's a super collector for you just uh, to you just to educate some people because I don't think I've had like a true yeah. super collector on yet to me it's someone who feels like they have they can compete for the best of a certain collection whether it be team player set anything like that if you have the feeling of you can compete with others or say like I am the top of this market collecting wise I feel like that's worthy of a super collector not necessarily you don't have to be like the best but to think I have a collection that not everyone can keep up with. That's what a super collector is to me. A lot of people think it's that you get every single card possible, and that's not true, right? 
A lot of people focus on how many base cards you have in question. I'm in these super collector groups and they want to get like a percentage of how many total cards you have. But that includes like getting every base card from every set that's ever created to me, especially with these old vintage guys who like, if you like quite like Ken Griffey, they want you to get every like Ken Griffey, like 90s card in existence. And that's not really the same thing to me because you can do that. But if you can focus your money on, instead of getting a bunch of base cards, getting one high-end card, I'd rather have that. So why don't you talk about that? How do you, you know, plan out your financials to, to know that you're going to go after a player, know that it's not going to be super cheap? Yeah. You kind of have to plan ahead. How, how are you doing that? It's mostly, I like eBay's format because you someone puts something up for sale, you see it, you wait for it, and then you buy it. It's not someone just sends a DM to you hoping that you'll give them money or anything like that. For me, I'm not the richest person in the world by any means. I'm 23, fresh out of college. All my money basically comes from buying and selling cards, things like that. And for me, it's basically I see something on eBay or someone with something. Hopefully I have the funds by then, Hope, or maybe I don't. But keep that in the back of your mind or something like someone posts. Keep that in the back of your mind. Start selling, preparing for that to end. And hopefully by the time it ends, you have enough money. So are you actually trying to buy and sell cards as well to fund some of the yeah. other things you know are coming? Absolutely. Yep. I don't treat it as a business per se, because I like to keep it light. I like to have fun. That's why I'm in the hobby. But at the same time, you need money to survive in the hobby. Nobody's going to hand you cards for free. Right. So yeah. Are there certain players that you that you try to buy knowing that you'll sell them easier? Maybe not, like you're probably not going to flip and make money on yeah, Isabella I, is my point. <laughs> I have to think, I'm not much of a flipper just because I like cards too much. When I see cards I like, I don't think, oh, I want to sell them immediately for a profit. It's, oh, this is really neat. Now I have to think about this for a week of whether I want to keep it or not because it's it's much nicer in person than I expected. There are sometimes mostly, if it's, I do that more with memorabilia, I'd say. If I see an auction house item, think, oh, I can sell this for more than I bought it for. The only other time I can think of is when like I buy something and someone offers me like five times how much I paid for it. Then I have to be like, okay, you can have it. You, you want it more than I do. So you're basically like funding new purchases with other stuff that you're, so you're, exactly. like, you're sort of consolidating at points, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I obviously can't keep everything that I have. I, I wish I could because there's some things I absolutely miss having, but again, you need money to buy things. So it happens. So people that have been watching my channel recently have seen me kind of like uh, branch out a little bit into like other things like football. And I've been talking about Pokemon a lot. And mm -hmm. I thought it'd be cool to get someone who's got like a real deep knowledge and like community aspect of that thing. So that's why I brought you on for football. So can you just talk about collecting football, knowing what you know around football, like the kind of like investing thing that's happening the base yeah. card psa 10 prism so can you talk about collecting oh, football God. like inside of that bubble first off i i do not get the prism hype i do not understand how like i understand why people would buy it i do not understand why people would buy it at these prices like kyler base psa 10s going for like 500 bucks now and i absolutely do not understand that because you look comparatively at what you could buy for that 500 dollars. like you can buy easily a way Fitzgerald game use shield and as a Cardinal collector and someone who collects, I would immediately choose a Fitzgerald Game Use Shield over a PSA 10 base card of Kyler Murray. That's why I don't understand about that. The But market-wise, football is 
the cheapest of all the major sports, I'd say, just because there's no international market. It's all supply and demand. And when you have no international market competing like they do in basketball, uh, baseball, now soccer, because soccer is blowing up. Uh, football is primarily an America-only sport. You have some of the overseas people competing with you as well, but it's very few compared to basketball because we all know how big basketball is overseas. And that's part of the reason why I moved to football cards, just because as someone growing up, not the most, I don't have the most money in the world. It's a lot easier for me to collect football cards because everything just seems so cheaper comparatively. And especially if you are looking to invest, uh, it's always quarterbacks. Quarterbacks have the longest staying power in the league. And that's what people are looking for. Like you can take like the best wide receivers and running backs, like Saquon Barkley will sell, Julio Jones will sell, DeAndre Hopkins will sell, but they still won't sell at the levels like Jared Stidham before he even played a game. He's still not playing a game, especially with Cam around. Like he's still outselling these guys RPA wise from like national treasures, contenders, things like that, flawless. And I don't understand that either. I, I I mean, I do, but at the same time, as a collector, again, I would easily take Julio Jones RPAs over Jared Siddham RPAs. Julio Jones is one of the best wide receivers of all time. I'm not sure if Jared Siddham will start an actual football game. <laughs> <laughs> he probably will eventually. He might be like a Matt Flynn kind of guy. <laughs> oh, God, don't even talk about Matt. He cost me a fantasy championship that one year he had to, like, 500 yard game against Detroit. I saw a Christian Ponder. He had negative two. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that's what's kind of interesting to me about football is like the people that I'm finding and meeting that that aren't collecting quarterbacks. I'll, I'll set that aside. Is that they're all yeah. like passionate collectors, and I've always found that to be like a really strong base for a community. What, what do you think about that? I think if you're looking to collect, most people who are diehard collectors won't go after the like hype players, the Sidhams, Murray's Locks, people like that. They'll go like, you can tell by they'll go for old school players. And I'm not talking like Tom Brady or anything like that. They'll collect like, I'm trying to think of like lovably obscure quarterbacks. Like you'll see like Michael Vick collectors out there. You'll see, uh, who else? <laughs> I'm trying to think of quarterbacks on the spot. That wouldn't be like the big name, but you'll see also Hall of Fame collectors like Barry Sanders is a good one that like everyone knows and people will still go after. Uh, Jim Brown, I'm thinking running backs too. I just like running backs. Walter Payton, Walter Walter Payton, Payton, exactly. Oh yeah. Uh, Since they added Derek Thomas to cards now, people are really going after him when they added the uh, flawless sneakers. And that that was a great set. I hate flawless, but that was a great set. Can't even deny. Do you think there's any connection to collecting sports cards with fantasy football? Because I've always had this feeling that like fantasy football guys would really love this. And I don't know why it hasn't really clicked yet with them. I absolutely like as a fantasy football player myself, there are times where I'm like, oh, I know this guy's card prices. Maybe he's worth something like in an eighth round draft and sash or something like that. When it comes to everyone else, though, I'm not sure because I remember playing fantasy baseball and like Trey Turner was like a first round pick all across the board and his card prices did not reflect that. Like he has that talent of giving people that level that you should draft him number one, like if you have like a fifth pick overall or something like that, but his cards just don't match that, which is weird to me. Yeah. I don't know why. 
I just feel like there's some connection with like people who play fantasy football wanting to like sort of get into cards and I don't want to say gamble like they do in fantasy yeah. football, but like just get that same kind of connection feeling that they have where they own, they like feel like they own a piece of stock of that player, right? Like you can't have yeah. them on, you can't have Julio Jones and the Cardinals, but you can get him in exactly. fantasy. You can buy his cards, right? You'd still root for the player, even though he's not on your team, if you have some investment in him, like in a fantasy football league. So I definitely right. see that market. And dude, there's like people that I know that'll root for, I'm from Arizona. That's like why we have this Arizona Cardinals connection going here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll have people in my league that'll like root for their fantasy teams, like against the Cardinals. They'll be like, I no. can't. No, I'm always Cardinals first. I, I understand why, but at the same time, I can't. It, you have to like really make it tough for me to draft Seahawks in any right. fantasy football league. Like Russell Wilson has to drop tremendously for me to draft him. I can't. Because it's too painful to have to root <laughs> it's for. Too, I cannot root for the Seahawks. It, it's so hard to be like, oh, good, Russell Wilson scored against us. I can't. Right. That's, that's kind of the nice thing about cards is like you're not with fantasy. You're sort of forced into picking certain players because you just you have to build a team. Whereas this is like, dude, I can just go all Cardinals if I want. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to hold a gun to my head telling me to quest, collect Chris Carson anytime soon. Like, I have no investment in that. So if Chris Carson doesn't do well, I will cheer because he is on the team I hate. Right. Are there any other people collecting Larry Fitzgerald? I mean, there are a good amount of people who collect it, mostly Cardinals fans. Uh, there's a strange amount of people from Minnesota who collect him just mm. because he's from Minnesota. That's the a couple of the people I've met that collect him. But mostly it's a bunch of the people who collect Fitzgerald are the same people who just like collect everyone and they just want like one for the stash, you know, when I see in like the high end groups, there's a couple of people who collect Cardinals, but that's not their main focus. Their main focus is the like uh, rip and flip kind of stuff, Zion, Grant, those guys. Uh, But mostly, yeah, most of the Fitzgerald collectors are like me who are just Cardinal collectors in general. And if you're a Cardinal collector, like Fitzgerald is the top, there, there can't be anyone above him. Just everything he's done for the the team and the city itself. Yeah. Can you talk about your Instagram for a second? You have a, quite a bit of following. You have a lot of followers <laughs> for someone that collects like Cardinals players. Like it seems like you would have a, just a few hundred based on the cards you have, you know. But you have a lot. So how do you, how do you do that? I I honestly don't know. I got a, I got started. Shout out to Bernie, the Niner card collector. I did a deal with him in a parking lot, my old high school, because we're both from the same town. And he told me about Instagram and I was like, I'll give it a shot. Then I just started like posting my cards rapid fire just to have them on. And then after, once I kind of got into the rhythm, I started just posting jokes under caption, under uh, photos. I just like doing that. I feel hopefully I'm funny. Hopefully people think I'm funny. And then it just kind of started from there of me just like posting. I I really hope it's because the captions and people aren't looking to make fun of me or anything like that. It's fine if they are, but I just wanted to be that one guy. There wasn't like the the funny guy in the community yet, I don't think. And before uh, Tyra Sports Guy, shout out to him, came too. Uh, me and him became friends and we kind of both did that sort of thing. He posts memes to the story and I slowly did too. Hopefully it's just a uh, environment for people who look to have fun in the hobby, my page, because I very, I keep it very white and I make fun of the whole like hashtag invest community because I, I'm not a part of that. It's fine if you are. I, I don't want to throw shots at anyone like that. Like if you make money, go for it. But like my page is for people like, hey, do you like cards? Come here. Let's go all enjoy cards together. 
yeah yeah i think there's like i think there's a a big attraction to that in in the in the hobby because there are a lot of people that just collect there are people that only invest and there's people that do both so it's kind of nice to have like these different niches so i think what i'm getting at is like people maybe feel like they can't have a big following because of who they collect and i just like that's just not true and you're kind of proof of that so it's kind of more like you know the fun you're having and, and how you display what you're doing I, I tell people, like, collect who you like. If you enjoy collecting, like, if you enjoy collecting, like, Noah Fant, I'm just thinking of a random rookie off the top of my head. If Noah Fant's your guy, go collect Noah Fant. No one, like, don't let anyone tell you to not collect Noah Fant if you genuinely enjoy collect Noah Fant. No matter who it is, if you just enjoy collecting a player, collect the player. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, why don't you show us some some cards some maybe some oh, fits, yeah, for sure. some fits sprinkle in some other i know you got yeah, a lot of isabella stuff yeah i brought the i'll start with the one isabella the one that like broke me inside to get but is a uh, true nt shield auto this one i have the entire rainbow the master rainbow every one which boy was that hard to do because the tag one of one i had to message the guy like five times and he just like missed me like hey can I'm willing to overpay you because I'm dumb for this. I just want to get this done. He's like, okay, here you go. Yes, there, there's the card. I'm like, yay. And then the last one I needed was the Isabella shield. And the guy who pulled it was like, oh, this is a meaningful card to me. And I'm like, oh, no, my wallet. That never <laughs> means I'm going to pay a little amount. That means I'm going to pay a liver. Right. But I, he was very cool. I, I, I pestered him so much. So if he's watching this somehow, thank you for dealing with my nonsense for like a couple of days of just me constantly. Like, can I have it? Can I have it? Because I was going to go nuts if I had literally every card other than this one. Right. I just couldn't. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, this was my luckiest break in the hobby, the Fitzgerald Contenders. I, I was just, I got a pretty big sale done. I, the cards I'm thinking about that I sold actually, um, were worth a lot more now. Like I sold one of the LeBron football autos, which at the time was like, this is a dumb card. Then <laughs> turns out people really wanted those. Oh no. Can you talk about that <laughs> contenders card? I think not yeah. a lot of people know about like yeah. football in general is new. And I know the contenders is huge. So just talk about contenders. So this is probably Fitzgerald's biggest rookie card. I, I'm very lucky to have it. Very fortunate because he was short printed out of this set to 50. So this is his rarest like rookie auto. That's not a parallel. And Contenders is just a pretty big set overall for football cards. I was lucky enough to get it for $830 at the time because I just sold a bunch of cards. I was a freshman in college and I was like, ah, let's do something dumb. Like buying a Fitzgerald card for 800 bucks instead of food. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, w- I was lucky that the market really took off after like it, it was constantly the Fitz market blew up because uh people kept wondering oh is he gonna play another year and somehow the answer was always yes i thought for sure this was going to be his last year in 2019 after everything that happened but i mean bless him he gave the franchise another year after everything he's been through with all the the horrible quarterbacks we've given him oh my god good skeleton he he should have been good john skeleton (laughs) I mean, Skelton was a saint compared to Ryan Windley. Windley <laughs> is a nice guy, but uh, I remember this one story. Like, uh, so he was a substitute teacher in high school for high school, and someone was watching his highlights on his phone. And Windley just walked up to him and was like, "Yeah, I don't have many highlights." <laughs> that Panthers game in the playoffs, I wanted to die. I was like, "Can you just throw like one pass?" 
the the biggest just I I quit moment of my life was the moment we got an interception in the red zone we're right down 10 yes. at the time and I'm thinking in my head okay this game is a bit rough but this is the moment everyone's come up for this moment in particular we can come back this moment immediately throws a pick and I'm out of here walk outside goodbye everyone it's been a good season just <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted one, to cry one thing I noticed about football and this is kind of true of other collections is that you can own like the best of something the best of a Mm -hmm. player you can get like you know people dream about owning a shield 101 rpa and you can get these kind of cards at a fraction of the cost of like a base card of a popular player absolutely that's what i don't get these high-end groups they keep passing around the same base cards and i'm just thinking like you can have some really cool cards like you can just have like logo patch autos of hall of famers that are game used one-of-one things like that and people stick to these base cards i just i don't understand it i get having like one or two just to like keep in the question but these guys are like focusing on only base cards and i don't that's not the hobby for me you know yeah I think a lot of it's just like a lack of education. Like they come in and those are kind of like what's in their face. And then as you yeah. show as you show them, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is like show that there's more interesting things out there to do. When I, like we've talked about this before, um, people coming in looking to invest, I have no problem with that as long as you treat the hobby with respect and treat everyone who's trying to collect genuinely with respect. Because there are some people who come in who don't know like who a big time player is or what kind of set is supposed to be valuable yet you're trying to sell me things at like a higher rate you know that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth talk more about that like what what have you seen Mm -hmm. especially with like the last Mm -hmm. few months of like you've seen you've you've obviously seen it in the last couple months like what what particularly has bothered you you can just see on ebay like every if you look at ebay every person is an invest card like you'll see like chris taft cards with hashtag invest in the title of the sale there's just this such invest culture of everything needs to make money and just like every other investment some things don't make money some things just fall in stock it it just happens but some people don't the people who are newer think uh, with these like high-end people coming in saying look how much money i made off cards they think oh i can do that too it's easy i just buy a card and sell it for hire and sometimes that doesn't happen but you have these people like especially in the sneaker community a bunch of sneaker heads came into cards and do not know what they're doing and it oof it is not fun to i mean it's kind of fun to watch but it's not fun to watch <laughs> right yeah I, I've, I've been in the last couple of weeks trying to get people to realize that like yes you're making money on base cards today but like i just don't think it's sustainable if the bubble pops it's going to pop hard and everything is going to drop i want to see how the market turns out after quarantine like all this passes because it really turned up when quarantine hit because people thought i have nothing to do i'm just gonna buy cards all day yeah so everything just skyrocketed in value during a time where no sports were going on yeah it's like all speculation there's no results oh absolutely like people like i i keep saying it but bull bull is blowing up right now because (laughs) 16 points in a scrimmage and he's out selling like deandre ayton at this point who boy <laughs> um you've you've mentioned game worn a couple times what is mm-hmm. what is like player worn versus game worn and why is it important to you 
Game worn is essential to me. I am very uh, say no to player worn movement because game worn was something that was worn in a game has meaning actually on the player that was on the card. Uh, player worn is anything just worn at like an event and a signing. And those tend to be like size 60 jerseys, which are like a wedding dress on most of these players that have like the word rookie on the back. Or for like veterans, it has, they do like Mitchell and Ness tags which are jerseys that have never, ever been worn in a professional football game. So you immediately know that these are basically fake patches, which gives me the worst feeling in the world. There was a set in 2016 NT where Panini used like team shop jerseys, like size XL jerseys that you, you can't, you can only buy in like a team shop in like a, a stadium. They aren't authentic jerseys. And it was of like Mike Singletary who didn't even exist in the NFL when these jerseys were made. And it made me think like, who buys this? Who sees this? And it's like, this is something I need. So they put them on the players for like a second and they take them off and then put them in. Not even, like they, like I've talked to people, players will literally just like put their arm through like one of the sleeves and that oh can constitute player. For footballs, it's really funny for footballs that they use for like player one footballs. They literally just like slap the football and that's player worn that's player used they just have a football like down the row and they just like how should it how should it work so like obviously panini is doing this to save time and save money and they're and they're doing Mm -hmm. it to get products out how would how would you like them to do it i understand that panini can't get every game users in the world i understand that i'm not asking that the first product that drops, like they should have game worn jerseys from the first game a rookie has ever played. Understand that people always think like, but like player worn brings down the box prices and it's hard to get game worn jerseys. Uh, no, it doesn't. Boxes have been going up in value over time. Like it's much more expensive to open football boxes now, but also uh, Panini is a multi-million dollar organization. I believe that they can afford to get some game worn jerseys. For example, uh, David Johnson, who I collected very heavily before he got traded, like it sucks, but we got DeAndre Hopkins, so I'm not going to sweat. <laughs> but uh, he still has no game-worn jerseys in cards. He has no game-worn patches whatsoever in any product that Panini has made. I have a game-worn jersey in that room of David Johnson next there. I am not a multi-million dollar man. Panini is a multi-million dollar company. There is no reason that this like 23-year-old internet man should have more game-worn David Johnson jerseys than a multi-million dollar company whose job it is to make sports cards. That just doesn't make sense to me. So the game-worn stuff like that you collect, you're, maybe for like someone new that's getting into this difference, how do you tell the difference? Uh, on the back, it will say uh, game-worn instead of player-worn. Like, this game-worn material is guaranteed by so-and-so instead of this player-worn material is guaranteed by so-and-so. There's also times where you can just see, like I said, uh, every Mitchell and Ness jersey that you see is player-worn. Yeah. Like, any tag you see, any tag of something that would not be on an NFL field. Like, if you see a size 60 tag in anything, that's going to be player-worn. Um, but, yeah, the best way to check is just to look at the back of the card. Here, let me see if I can. Yeah, let me use a modern one like this uh, Fitzgerald Shield. I don't know if you can see it, but it will say "Game Worn" on the back right there. 
Yeah. So it just take yeah, it just takes that uh, little extra time to check on the back, see what you're looking at. Most sellers nowadays, because people have, like myself have been very passionate about the player worn game worn divide. And I feel like eventually the market will catch up yeah. with this, especially if Panini just stops making game worn cards, which they're going to do for Ray Fitzgerald, and I'm very sad. <laughs> but yeah, I if I feel like if you're like someone looking to collect, like game use is a must because it just has meaning instead of a, a player worn jersey that was just poked by them one time during a like a summer day. Right. Yeah, I've been collecting mm-hmm. for a long time, and I really it just hasn't been in my face enough to like mm-hmm. for me to understand it. But it, it just like now that you're telling it, describing it to me, it just seems like almost ridiculous that you would even mm-hmm. buy anything that's not game worn. It's not a problem in basketball and baseball as much as in football because basketball is easier because one, it makes more money for Panini and two, it's 82 games versus 16, which is why I'm not saying like, again, I'm not going to get mad that Panini doesn't have like rookie game used jerseys immediately or something like that. But it just hurts me when I'm looking at these auction houses and seeing like game worn jerseys of like big time players like Aaron Rodgers. I saw a game worn jersey of him and Panini's using uh, player worn Aaron Rodgers patches. So that just Panini has the resources. I just wish that they would use them to make their products better. Are some of the older are some of the older sets like but you know but we we know that like some of the sp authentic and like exquisite and then even like the earlier national treasures the guys haven't played any games yet when they're getting mm-hmm. these sets out so are they just like doing a uh, like photo shoot jerseys or yeah how? they go to a photo shoot they uh like Gloria Fitzgerald and his spa uh rookie patch has used a pro bowl jersey for his we talked about that in the dms i remember that um sometimes actually though the rookie patch autos can be game worn like some I know off the top of my head, like Aaron Rodgers, SP Authentics were game worn. Uh, Garner Minshew's NT uh, rookie patch autos were game worn this year. That was a good touch by Panini. That was a really good touch. Um, all the exquisite, like 0304 exquisite, like the LeBron year, those were game used. I'm, at least I know LeBron was game used. I'm pretty sure everyone is game used, but mm-hmm. yeah, so it is, it is possible, but those sets come out later in the year. Like you're, the products that are dropping like now. I, you're not going to expect game worn. From is that why NT comes team. out at the end? You think to maybe like try to get some? They used to. Well, here's the thing: they used to for the non-rookie photo shoot rookies. They used to put game worn patches of those as like you know, hey, we recognize that these players did well in the year, and we didn't give them a rookie set. So here's some game worn patches for you to kind of make up for that. But they don't do that as much anymore. I don't know why they don't. Yeah, it seems like there'd be a lot of people that would. Uh, a lot of especially like younger kids getting into it that would relate to you you know and like how they have to find different unique ways to collect what what advice would you give to someone younger coming in that's like maybe not as into the making money side and they and they kind of want to like have fun with it what would you say to that person i really hope i can like help some kids out i want younger collectors it's just a really tough time because everything is just so much more expensive right now for them And that's why my best advice would be to be choosy, to be picky with what you're looking for, because you're going to have so many people trying to sell you something. You're going to post like, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so player, and you have five people in your DMs trying to sell you something. And you have to understand, uh, you don't have to buy everything you see, especially when you don't have this, like, large amount of money stored up to spend on cards. Kids nowadays, like, they're not going to have 
that like thirty thousand dollars to spend on cards or anything like that. They're not going to have like a Zion NT RPA anytime soon. So just be choosy. Understand what you're looking for. Understand what you want to collect and go with that. You don't have to buy everything you see. And again, like buy buy quality. I like game worn. Game worn's cool to me. If you like refractors, buy refractors. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, this question might get you in trouble, but I'm going to ask it. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking. That's the next question. Uh, do, you think, <laughs> do you think football cards are undervalued? Whew. That's tough. That's actually tough. Compared to the other sports, yes. As a whole, I mean, it depends. Because I feel like I feel like game worn is undervalued. I, I might be biased because I'm a game worn collector, but I feel like game worn is undervalued when again, like Kyler PSA tens are going for five hundred a pop, and that's just a base card. I feel like the right cards. I think across all sports, I think the right cards are being undervalued. I think the Hall of Famers, the game worn things, those aren't getting the value that they deserve. Because it's it's harder to invest in these Hall of Fame players. That's why I think they're being undervalued because they're more of a slow burn. With these rookies, it takes one game or a couple games for their value to increase. Like if you want to invest a smart player, like invest in Michael Jordan. Like his cards will always go up slowly and surely. It just it's slowly and surely, and people want the boomer bust. Like I'm going to make a hundred dollars in a second. Type of players. Yeah. I wasn't like gonna grade you on your answer, but that was the correct answer. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> yes, just the I case, not just in football. It's just like sports cards are expensive, uh, but that's mostly what we see. You know, like mm-hmm. you've shown us some of these different unique pieces of like game worn shields of like one of the best players of all time, and you're and you're able to get quite a bit of it. And you, like you said, you don't have infinite money, so you're still able to find stuff. Yeah, that... it's not impossible. You just have to work hard. That's the thing. It's a lot of work keeping up with everything. Yeah, totally. not a lot of people want to put that work in. I get it. Just kind of buttoning up the interview. That was kind of what I was trying to get at. Was like I was trying to find mm-hmm. someone who is passionate, spends time on it, creative, and you sort of like found your your niche. And you, I feel like you've built something that's like a little bit undervalued. Oh, I'm I'm very happy with where I'm at. I'm very happy because, like, again, no, not a lot of Cardinals collectors. Because shockingly, people don't like collecting the historically least successful franchise in all major sports. But uh, it hurts. We haven't won since the, this World War Two. It's great. <laughs> I think people that come in are wanting to build collections like you have, but they also don't want to feel like it's going to be worth nothing in a couple years. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what you're getting at is like you can still hopefully find a little bit of both. There's always going to be value in cards, no matter who it is. Like, obviously, the worst players will sell for less, and the better players will sell for more. But if you have those like high end cards of players who are still like relevant now, like they're never going to be zero. You know, you you might lose money. You probably will lose money. It's investing again. If you're looking to invest, not every investment works out. But it will never be just you go flat broke off of cards. It'll never be zero. All right, now it's the question you don't want to have it asked. Okay, here we go. So you are, you're pretty outgoing with your uh, distaste for some of these things, and you mentioned it like yes. the anti-invest. Can you just talk about that, like how you feel that maybe helps or hurts you in the hobby, or maybe Oof. just sort of like the the macro of of what that is to you? It's it's hard to. T- 
I don't know how people take me, honestly. I can only see how I present myself because like I have an anime profile picture and I just yell about sports cards all day. Like I don't know how people will take that. I feel like I, I present some good points at times, but the main thing I always uh, gripe about in the hobby itself is the lack of accountability that people present whenever a major scam happens or someone or any scam happens really. People are really eager nowadays to defend the people that they like instead of just saying this person did something bad maybe i won't give them as much money now especially for these people who are looking to get money out of you and using your money to do something illegitimate if that's your business model i don't want to give you money yet some of these people still are able to thrive in the hobby and that's the main thing I think needs to be fixed is the lack of accountability in the community for these people who are looking to take advantage of you and yet are appreciated. What can we do as a community to stop that? I, I never want to say, like, people call it cancel culture for me. First of all, cancel culture does not exist, in my opinion. Like, people would get canceled, like, whenever someone does something bad and, like, they get canceled, it's always like they get arrested. Now, of course, they're not going to do anything when they get arrested. But most of these people are like, oh, cancel so-and-so. They just do fine. They're fine. And that's the same thing here, I believe. In the hobby, just don't give money to people who are looking to take advantage of you. There's so many great people in this hobby. There's so many great breakers. There's so many great sellers. There's so many great traders. Stick with people who genuinely have an interest in this hobby and are looking to, even if they're looking to make money, there's no problem with making money. But if they treat the hobby and they treat you with respect, feel free to give them business. These people who see you as a dollar sign or looking to manipulate other people into a dollar sign, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's all mm-hmm. I, like, the hobby is so close to just being this, like, really great place where everyone just come together and, and be this community. Yet they're just the people who look, because when money is involved, everyone's going to take advantage of it. Like there's, there's no hobby where people are looking to pay $500,000 for a Zion Williamson card right now. There is money in the sports card world. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm totally with you there. That's 500 G's. But whenever there's something with money involved, people will look to take advantage of it. And you just have to make sure to stay away from those people. And yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the hobby's in a good spot? Uh, just on the same topic like do you feel the good outweighs the bad or do you feel like it's getting worse do you feel like we can do something to tip it back How do, what do you think i feel like it's still worth being in if it wasn't i wouldn't be here i still love participating in the hobby of like my closest some of my closest friends came solely from just me posting dumb things online <laughs> with cars it's like oh i like your dumb thing i like your dumb things and then we become dumb thing friends <laughs> I, like if you can it the problem is I have like, I've said this, I have a mall cop personality. I see something go wrong and I just like complain about it on my story. <laughs> and like, I, I, I do complain about a lot, but it's never from a place where I just want to be negative and just yell about things. It comes from a place of, Hey, this is a hobby I love. I wanted to see it at its best form. I want it to be better. I don't want these people like stealing and taking advantage of people. That's all I, I ask. I just want us all to like get along, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna, one is like drama over cards. Like. Yeah, I'm gonna bring Tyler on next. Can you 
tell me like how, did you get so did you start posting before him or how, how did you guys you guys are pretty I, similar in your yeah taste. i it was funny i barely started posting like i was at like 200 followers or something when he started posting i was like at 500 when he was 200 and he just blew up because one he has an amazing collection and two he's just like one of the best people on here without a doubt and genuinely cares about the hobby like i do and we just bonded over like I liked anime, he liked cartoons. We kind of like meshed with that in the card world because there's not many people out here like repping a cardboard or repping an anime profile picture when it comes to cards. And uh, he always does like regular show and things like that in cartoons. I could mesh with him and like, oh, we both like cartoons and cards. We're best friends forever. <laughs> and then it turned out we actually just like genuinely like each other and became really good friends. When I, because like four or five people pointed me to you as like someone to go to as like an interesting football account, that's why I messaged you. But when I saw your picture, oh, I was like, uh... <laughs> I know, I know. Because I'm like, this I, is football. It doesn't really, I mean, football yeah, and anime no, don't, I, don't really mix. No, I, I totally understand. I, people talk about this. I, I'm a weird person. I fully admit this. I have weird <laughs> tastes. I post anime pics like for my profile pics. It's weird. I understand. But at the same time, I want to tell people, like, hey, like this is a hobby full of like all sorts of different life and different types of people. I'm a weird person. I will be like totally polite to you if you're polite to me and we can just mesh together like that. If you want to collect so-and-so, go for it. If I want to post anime pics, go for it. I never go over the top because I understand like I run a cardboard page. I'm not just going to like constantly like ask people, oh, what do you think of last night's episode or anything like that? Right. But I just think it's a fun way. And there were a couple people in the community that, also we're into anime i've become super close friends with them too so it's really nice to really nice to see that yeah i guess I was, I was kind of pointing out that like maybe not everyone's into anime and football but there's people that yeah. are into all kinds of stuff like in yeah absolutely so like i'm just glad like i understand like it's a really big turnoff for a lot of people just to come and see oh it's that dude on i think twitter ruined it everyone with an anime profile fish on twitter is the worst person ever <laughs> they see that I have to look at my. I have to look at my first DM to you, but it was probably like, "Do you collect Larry Fitzgerald or like what's going on here?" <laughs> I, it's funny. Like uh, my my first one, my cargo collection started with Michael Floyd, which boy did that work out well. <laughs> when he yeah, when I got the DUI news, I just went, "Oh, it's it's over, isn't it?" And then he got cut. I'm like, "What do I do with all this?" But, that was probably still the collection I'm most proud of, though even after like selling it all because i i knew it was time to sell michael floyd stuff wasn't going to be worth anything after that right that was the hard part yeah i i bailed out with uh josh rosen at the right time too i still feel bad for him though he absolutely deserves a shot and he's been with two horrible offenses yeah with no offensive lines just getting crushed it's like you watch the he got sacked the most the 2018 season where he started for us because i i remember this game vividly versus atlanta where this the safety just came in untouched right after he hiked the ball and he just had to fall to the ground because what else could you do right and if you play in that type of environment you're not going to thrive yeah all right man this has been really fun uh appreciate you coming and spending time with me and uh oh, hopefully we, i'll get tyler on and we'll we'll see how that one goes of course thank you for having me shout out to tyler <laughs> all right see you man <laughs>